Y'all go ahead and have a seat. Many of you are excited about our speaker today because you know her. A lot of you know her. Others of you today are excited to hear from our speaker because you've heard and witnessed testimony about the profound impact she's had on others in this room. Our speaker today is Keisha Jackson. Keisha currently works at Connetrix, where she's the talent recruiting coordinator. In addition to that, many of us have hung out with her at her other job, Cycle Bar, where she's an instructor. Keisha is a part of a beautiful, loving family that includes her husband, Landon, and her three kids, Harley, Campbell, and Kessler. Before joining Connetrix's team, she dedicated all of her professional career to walking with students right here at Lubbock Christian University. In total, she served close to 15 years with the majority of that time being Associate Dean of Students in our Student Life Office. In addition to her role as Associate Dean, Keisha did many things on this campus. Here are just a few of them. She was Title IX Coordinator. She was on the Master Follies Committee. She helped create and drive LCU for LBK. She served and continues to serve as a sponsor for Kappa Phi Kappa. And she worked closely with the LCU Cornerstone Scholars. In preparation for today, I asked a few Cornerstone Scholars how they would describe Keisha if they could only describe her in one word. They said driven, welcoming, bold, wholehearted, personable, kind-hearted. I would describe Keisha as a joyous, intentional disciple of Christ who brings others along with her to further his kingdom. Let's welcome Keisha Jackson. Man, what a hype guy. That was amazing. I wish I would have recorded that so I could listen to that every single morning. Um, Hi. I am so happy to be here. Um, So many feelings walking into this room and not being here early to set up and all those things. But, man, I miss it. I miss hearing these voices. I, I, you probably saw me looking around and just smiling, um, seeing familiar faces, seeing new faces, the energy in this room. Um, I, I mean, I know it's no secret that chapel's maybe not all of your favorite things, but it was one of my favorite things. Um, so I'm beyond grateful to be here um, this morning and share some things with you. As he said, I was a Title IX coordinator, so a lot of the things I spoke about was pretty much lined out for me, a lot about sexual assault and reporting and all those things, So, which is so important, but I'm really glad to have a blank slate this morning to just talk to you about anything. So I came up with seven different topics that we're going to cover in the next 20 minutes. Not really. I narrowed it down. Um, I actually didn't narrow it down. The Lord is so sweet and so kind and so good. Because I was like, I want to say all these things, but Lord, here are my topics. What what can I deliver this morning from you and your word? Um, and in his infinite wisdom, he made it crystal clear. And I wish I could tell you that story um, because that's also um, so beautiful and sweet. But a couple of things I need to say, a disclaimer, I am not speaking to you as an expert. 
I'm speaking to you as a friend, as a fellow journeyer, as somebody that stumbles time and time again, but someone who's also willing to get back up. Sometimes that's by somebody pulling me up. That's sometimes me standing up on my own with um, the Holy Spirit living inside me. Um, and sometimes that's me helping some other people. So know that I'm walking beside you this morning, and that's my heart that I'm speaking to you from. I would also much rather this be a conversation, but I'm going to be doing all the talking. So if you have something on your heart after this talk, I would love to meet you after or hear what's going on in your life or however the Lord um, spoke to you this morning. So we're going to invite him in. So please bow your head with me. Lord, you are so good. You are so kind. You are so sweet. Thank you so much for this time. May we lay whatever we're carrying down and just take a deep breath and be surrounded by your spirit. We invite the spirit here now. Okay, so our topic for today, out of the seven, we came down to, these are my confessions. Um, And I can't say that term without thinking of the song by Usher. Maybe you're too young for that, but here we are. Is this the first time Usher has been in chapel? I don't know. He needs chapel also. So these are my confessions. So confession can get pretty deep pretty fast. It's so funny when people found out I was speaking in chapel, they're like, well, what are you talking about? I'm like, confession? And they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I feel the same. But sometimes we don't get to choose. So we're going to start light, and then we'll, we'll go from there. So number one, my first confession, Chick-fil-A chicken is superior to Cane's. Hot take, maybe, but whatever. That's my confession. Uh, confession number two, my top Spotify wrapped artist of 2023 was... Taylor Swift. I know. I know. I know. Um, And I am actually proud. I was a little embarrassed, but I'm really proud to say I have lost my voice at not one, but two concerts. Uh, Reagan can attest to one of them. Um, Just living my best life and singing along thousands of my best friends in uh, Cowboy Stadium. So, okay. And finally, my last confession. This gets a little deeper. So I was in middle school um, and there was this boy and all good stories start in middle school with a boy. Um, so I was at church one Sunday afternoon, and I don't know what we were doing, but we were, like, running around, and I smelled something. And I was like, oh, that's not good. I think that smell is coming from me. And so I was, like, super embarrassed. And I knew I was going to see this boy later. And so my friend was walking over to um, the grocery store right across the street. And I was like, oh, I'll go with you. So we're, like, walking, and we pass the aisle, with all the little travel things, and I saw some deodorant. And I was like, huh, here's a solution to my problem. So I walk over. My friend's there with me. She did not stop me. So, like, we should feel sad for her, too. But I got the deodorant. I took the lid off. I took that plastic little cover off. I applied the deodorant. I put the lid back on, and I set it back. I know. That's terrible. I literally have not told very many people. I just came clean to my family over Christmas. Um... (laughs) So, less than a month later, here we are. I'm telling hundreds of my new best friends. Um, And actually, that's stealing, so please don't do it. And also, PSA, make sure that that extra little plastic thing is on the deodorant when you purchase it, or there might be other quiches running around Lubbock, Texas. So, there you go. There's my confession. I feel much better. But I want you to go back with me to your childhood. The first time that maybe... A, you got caught doing something, or B, you lied about something, and then you needed to go tell your friend or your parents or whatever. So this is me at that age, seven, 
look at that cute little brooch, homemade bow. Um, yeah, I was around seven years old. This is my family, early 90s, so um, nice little throwback. Uh, my family loved playing games, and we had one in particular that we absolutely loved all the time. We played Nerds. Does anybody play Nerds here? Okay. It is the superior card game. But at seven years old, I wasn't very good because it's not really much strategy, because I would have killed it if it was all strategy, um, but it's mostly speed. Um, and at seven, I was the slowest in all of our family. So uh, we were playing game and game and game, and I was losing, and I was losing and losing. And I think I was like maybe early 30s that I realized how competitive I was. Um, you can ask Keegan when we would go to Cycle Bar, I would pick someone to compete with, and let's just say I have beat him. And I'm waiting to uh, cycle with President McDowell so I can try and beat him also. So there's your challenge. See you soon. Um, so we were playing, and I was losing. And I was like, ugh, I'm over this. How am I going to win? So I take from my nerd's pile the card on top because nobody was looking, and I put it in my hand and kept shuffling through to play. If you don't know nerds, that's cheating. And... I was not raised in a family that said, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. I was raised in a good family that said, cheating is wrong. So we played the game, and guess who won? I won. And I was so proud, and I was so happy. And everybody let me have my moment. But then my mom looked at me. And if you don't know this about moms, when you have a child, you are, as soon as they're born, you are given the ability to look deep into the eyes of anybody and see their soul. And my mom had that, and she had it real good. And so she looked at me, and she's like, Keisha, did you, did you cheat? And it was cute that she acted like she didn't know, because she definitely knew. And I had that little angel on my shoulder, devil on my other shoulder moment, where they're like, oh, how are we going to play this out? So I just took a deep breath. I'm sure my face gave it away much before my words did. And I just started crying, like, all the tears that a little seven-year-old with a fake brooch on her shirt could come up with, like, I cried them all. And it took me a second, but I was like, yes. And that, that memory was like 30-something years ago. But I can remember the feel of the table. I can feel the chair I was sitting in. I can feel my mom was sitting right here. Clearly, that was very formative to me. And it's because it was the first time that I confessed to something I did wrong, I was given the opportunity to confess, and I was greeted with love and grace. And I felt so much better. And I know I'm not alone in that. I know I'm sitting in a room of people who have gotten caught or um, needed to tell the truth. And yeah, it's, it's hard in the moment, but the time after that, there might be some consequences, but it feels so, so good. Um, so as I'm thinking about confession, I mean, there's so many things about it. But I, I want to, my whole thing was written, and then the Lord was like, wait, I, I need you to say this. I want you to say this. Because um, confession starts with a confess, confessing of who the Lord is. Romans 10.9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that confession is the framework for every single other confession. It puts everything in its rightful place. It recognizes that we are fallen and we need a savior. And so those confessions from the heart can start coming a little bit easy, easier because we recognize what is separating us. It's not him. He lived. He came. He died for this. 
so that we don't have to carry the guilt and the shame. But I'll be honest, sometimes I pray that I feel the weight of my sin because I am prideful and I can justify just about anything. I think about comparison a lot in my life. Um, Probably the root of a lot of my sin comes from comparing to other people, like what I want to be, how much money I want to make, what kind of house I want to live in, all these things. I compare and I compare. But in this situation, I compare and I put myself on a pretty high pedestal because my sin is not as bad as others. And that's not, that's not what we're called to do. We're called to humble ourselves, to recognize and name the things that we struggle with, not anybody else. And so that has been something that has been in my heart so clearly this week. Um, and I love, C.S. Lewis has so many great things to say about so many different things. And so um, what he has to say about confession is this. There is the gain in self-knowledge. Most of us have never really faced the facts about ourselves until we uttered them aloud in plain words, calling a spade a spade. I certainly feel I have profited enormously by this practice. And who's good at self-reflection? I mean, who has time for that? I, I don't. I mean, I do. I'm choosing not to. And there's so many things in my life right now that is convicting me of that, reading the ruthless elimination of hurry, setting in this self-acknowledgement of where I am and how, the great, how great of a need of a Savior that I need. And that feels really heavy. But the good news is, is that just like my mom demonstrated to me in that moment, she gave the opportunity, like she knew, she knew I cheated. But she gave me the opportunity to say it, to own it, to call the spade a spade, to call cheating, cheating, and to feel the grace that I was welcomed with. And I love that I had that physical picture of that because sometimes, honestly, I need that in my life. Like, I know what the Lord promises, I know what he says, but sometimes I just need somebody physically sitting in front of me and telling me the truth and loving me and showing me grace. Psalms 32.5, I acknowledge my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. The practice for me of confession is not for the Lord, it's for me. He already knows He already forgave. He came once and for all to take care of all of that. It's a gift that he offers me. Um, Reagan Branch gifted me this book on my birthday, and I love it. And I love her, so thank you for sharing it. Um, I could, like, the whole story of how this topic really kind of narrowed down for me was really kind of beautiful. Um, and so I had decided that confession was going to be it. I was like, well, this is not going to be that fun. But like I said, it was what I was, I was felt led to talk about. And so after I had talked about that to all my friends and, um, cause I love talking about things. Like I said, I like sitting and talking with people at coffee cause into discussion is where we start to think and talk and own things. Um, so I opened my daily devotional and I was like, um, if, I would really like to hear something about confession. Maybe Jackie Hill Perry has something to say say about confession. So this is day 33. That just happened to be the day I was on. So listen to this and tell me there's not a living God. Maybe it's because we've succeeded at hiding from everyone most of the time. And of course, there was that time when there was a knock on the door, the exposure of some hidden sin, the question that led to the confession you never wanted to make. 
But even those moments were orchestrated by the one who knew and made it known. He wanted it in the light no matter how much it hurt so you could be free. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Proverbs 28:13. So instead of hiding whatever your choice tree is, choose to tell God what brought you there in the first place. For if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Y'all, that is the gospel. That is the good news that we get to live in and that is offered every single day. So the scripture, oh, this is not going to be the fun part, but the scripture that was read before, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. So if you're going to get better at something, what do you have to do? You got to practice. So we're going to practice and I'm going to start and then I'm going to lay a challenge out for you after. Okay. So, um, I need to confess, I wrote some things down, but uh, I don't know. I need to confess that I value all the rewards of the world way more than what the Lord offers. I like to do things that look good on the outside, but my motives are not good. Um, An example of this story, and this really kind of stinks because it shows like the poor character of me and all the things that Keegan said, so kind and so nice. Um, but there was one, one Sunday I ran a half marathon. I went home, I showered, I went to church. I do love my church and I do love going, but my motives for that morning were not necessarily to hear whatever the preacher had to say or to be in worship, but it was to see people and for them to say, Hey, didn't you just want to run a half marathon? You're incredible. I would love to be like you, blah, blah, blah. Like that's convicting. That is ugly, and that is not what the Lord calls us to. And that's super humbling for me, and it feels really embarrassing to say that in front of you. But, like, that's authentic, and that is real, and that's what we're called to. Um, Because really, like, the reality is, like, you can take that, and you can use that against me, but that's Satan putting that. It's not true. Like, I'm trusting you with that, and I know, like, it'll be good, and that's what we're called to do. So the challenge— because I started it, so you got to finish it. The challenge on the table is that you're going to go find people that you trust, that will pray for you, will, that will meet you with that grace that the Lord does, that will give you the hug and forgive you. Go find them today. Call them today. Sometimes we need a reason to do something. Sometimes we need an excuse. Sometimes we need the push. Uh, one of my favorite memories, or one of my actual my favorite chapels, I wasn't even here to listen to, but was Dr. Patty's last spring. If you haven't heard it, you need to go listen to it. Um, it was just a beautiful demonstration of confession and the grace that we're greeted with. So my prayer in closing for all of us, Lord, I confess that you are my Lord and Savior, and I pray that that confession will lead me to other confessions that will tear down the barriers today and for generations that I have created, but you came to destroy once and for all. Praise Jesus for that gift. You're dismissed.